Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be talking to the incredible Michelle Monaghan to talk all about her Netflix series, Echoes. And I wanted to start by, by talking a little bit about your character development process, because it's such an intricate and impressive job that you've done in the way that you've had to approach these two characters. And so I was interested in how you took the foundation of the way that you would usually prepare for a character and then really found the ways in which you needed to expand in and evolve that for not just playing two characters, but also playing elements of two characters taking on each other's lives at different points. So there's that extra layer as well. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, that was that's when it became very even trickier for me is adding that extra layer of kind of that nuance um, of what each of their interpretations of each other was indeed, but we'll get to that. But that's a very, very great question. And, you know, I was so daunted <laughs> and inspired at the same time in a way that I hadn't been for a very long time. You know, I really, um, was excited at the prospect of being able to play dual roles. And also the second I said, yes, I went, oh my God, now I really have to do this. Uh, and how do I go about doing that? And so what was different from this process, actually, for me, and it sounds like a little wacky, but I actually started developing them um, from the womb uh, because they are so intricately connected. And I really wanted to, at first, focus on the bond that uh, is so unique to uh, twins before I started to kind of peel or devolve from there. Um and that bond obviously starts in the womb with with twins, and it's a physical one, and it's a it becomes obviously uh, less physical and becomes more of an of, of an emotional bond, and um, and it's a it's a journey that they go on. So I really started the process of developing Lenny the lion and Jenny the or Gina the dove, and Lenny was born first, and I had a whole a whole section about why you know what that meant to Lenny and and how that informed their relationship at a very young age. And so Lenny was the leader and it was kind of almost basic like that. And it starts to complicate and get a little bit more nuanced as I started to develop them, of course, respectively. But I then went to their foundational trauma, which was my baseline for really developing the characteristics and the, um, and really the, the physical, the energetic nature of both women, um, of the trauma of them losing their mom. Because the trauma of losing their mom, um, they have different truths surrounding that incident and what really happened. And so that obvious trauma impacted them tremendously. And so I wanted to take their own respective truth around that and and understand how that um informed them in all of in all of the ways as they developed and gotten older um once i fully developed lenny from sort of top to bottom and then i went and did the process of gina and i developed that her <laughs> i i was really worried that i might not have the actual well of creativity to do it i was really frightened by that um, I think that going um, through kind of the journey of both of their lives and the traumas that they sort of endure um, really allowed for my well to be um, kind of full, <laughs> so to speak. And I just was able to pull a lot from that. Uh, and then once I felt kind of comfortable in their respective skin, 
skins. Uh, I then had to look at that, that, that additional layer, which was, you know, no one actually embodies one another um, flawlessly. Everybody has their own interpretation. And so that was an additional nuance that I added. And I thought, well, what, what is, who is Gina as Gina in LA? And when Lenny comes to LA to be Lenny as Gina, like, what are some of the things that she does? Like, what is her behavior and what are her characteristics? And one of the things that's, again, kind of basic, but helped kind of inform other choices was, you know, she's the one who buys all the fabulous clothes when she lives in LA. She loves the glamorous lifestyle of LA. I actually, I actually had props just go and buy like a Cartier watch for me or, or borrow. I shouldn't say like buy for me, but for the character, uh, because she likes the finer things. But then I made the choice as Gina, as Gina, she never actually wears the watch. She doesn't want the watch. She's, she's a much more simple life. I'm talking a lot. I apologize. But those are just, those are just, those are kind of just some basic little things. Um, even just kind of went down to like the way that they drive a car, drive a vehicle. Like there was just, I was trying to think of ways that we see them and trying to um, really individuate who they are. Um, and I don't know if we'll recognize those as an audience, but for me to feel like I was authentically, um, playing each woman, I had to create all of those, all of those layers for it to feel, uh, very real. Yeah, no, it's, it's so impressive and, and intricate. And I love what you're saying at the end there about the, the nuances of, of, you know, who's Lenny when she's taking on Gina's lives and the slight differences, because that also transcends to the physical aspect of, of the characters, like you were saying, you know, Lenny's character lives on a farm. There's a lot of physical labor involved in the day-to-day -day with that, you know, looking after horses. And so that's a very different lifestyle to the life that Gina has in LA, which is, is less physical in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, and so for the physical embodiment of the two characters, what, what were the important linear aspects that you felt like they would both capture flawlessly? And then like you were saying, with kind of driving a car being slightly different, what were the ways in which you felt like, you know, one of them would maybe be more adept or move slightly differently than the other? So the one of the things that I, I really felt that Lenny took with her in each sort of life, um, in each sort of city, uh, was this kind of quality of kind of, she just kind of floats, she just kind of floats about, right? She really possesses this kind of, um, and not to just deduce it to this, but that, that Southern charm, right? Where she can just kind of turn it on and, uh, and she really, she really takes that with her to LA. Whereas Gina is always constantly um, grounded, like ground, like a she was. She's very much a quiet giant to me, and created her with with that in mind. Like I even remember just her being firmly on the ground, like two feet, like weighted. Whereas um, uh, Lenny is always sort of moving. She, she. I took a lot of inspiration from like for her, uh, like a Mustang, uh, like the horses where they're wild horses and you can't, um, you can't corral them. Right. So she was just, she's always just kind of moving and, uh, uh, that was a real inspiration. And so she, she embodies that physicality there in LA and in, in Mount Echo, whereas Gina is just she's very much the observer. Um, and she sees that and, um, 
and is more of the quiet giant. Yeah. I also wanted to ask about recording the the voiceover notes that, that Gina's kind of taping at the beginning when Lenny's first gone missing, because I love the fact that it doesn't sound like we're just, you know, we're not just listening to a voiceover that's there for the sake of the audience. It feels mm-hmm. like we're listening in to something that's kind of these very quiet conversations that oh, she just kind of has so to express good. out loud. I was so <laughs> nervous about the voiceover, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, I appreciate you saying that because I was, I had never done that before. Yeah. And I had real nerves because I, you know, when you um, develop the characters, I was never looking at the words because you're just going to see it and feel it. And so I I wanted to make sure that we weren't telling them. I, I wanted to show them. And so I think we refined and refined a lot of the narration, um, but I never sort of utilized that as a tool. So it was interesting to have in my back pocket, but I didn't want it to take away from performance. And I really, it was really important for it to be additive to me um, editorially. And so there was a real, like I, I wanted, I don't know if I, if it came off that way, but there was a real intimacy that I wanted it to have um, and I still know, you know, if I watch it, I'm like, oh God, that's so weird. Cause it's almost, it's like, I'm seeing two of me and then I'm hearing me and it's just a lot of me. And so I'm like, can something give here? Um, but it was, it's, it's interesting that you comment on it because it was new to me and I, I, I hope that it, it serves the show in the way that it was intended. It does. And and then I also wanted to ask you a little bit about the, the ritual and the, and the kind of ceremonial aspect when the two yeah. of them switch and, and how you really looked at the pages of the script and the description of what that was and, and thinking about the genesis of where it came from in their childhood and the way it's continued as adults into this annual thing that they do and kind of where you thought they would each be emotionally as they do mm. this in the scenes that you got to perform and also just yeah. what would the ritual aspects of what this always looks like be? Well, I love that question. It's a great one. Um, that was, I found to, when I read it to be very compelling and in the wrong hands, it could be shot in a number of different ways. And so it was really important to me that when I, um, when Kat Candler, our amazing director for episodes one and two, uh, and I started to work together, I was like, this is, we don't want this in, to to read as provocative. Like we want it to be um really like engaging and intriguing, but not necessarily sexual in nature. So let me just be clear, but it should be beautiful and romantic, like intimate, but in, in a very like respectful way. Um, and so I feel just on the base level, we were able to, to do that and, and made it more psychological as opposed to physical. And I think we were able to do that. You know, the interesting thing that I wanted to explore and having kind of like even done a little bit of research with um, twins, you know, it's like the beauty of the job. You get to learn a little about everything was that, you know, switching for twins is kind of normal, you know, uh, at a younger age, it's a very experimental thing to do, um, for fun or just to kind of avoid getting into trouble. And, and I think that Lenny being essentially the leader of the lion was, you know, it was well-intentioned. That's where and how it began. The mother was always saying we need to protect each other. And so, you know, Lenny really took that to heart. And I think that this, it became this, this kind of habit or this, um, 
this way for them to, you know, get through these different, these different traumas, this, they fall back on that. And I think Gina somehow kind of being a little bit of the troubled one, or even potentially manipulated by Lenny, not aware of that. Um, they start to go into, it gets a lot more involved, right? The, the, the ceremony of it and, and looking at each other's markings and hair and um, moles and skin and um, making sure that there is that exactness um, so that they can um, flawlessly, you know, I suppose as best they can um, live inside each other's lives and pass for each other. And so I loved that kind of the ceremony of it and, and the idea that it's, they celebrate every birthday by doing this, this ritual, they go away. Um, there's something sort of um, like very, you know, kind of fabulous about that, I guess, you know, uh, going to some far off place and pulling off this stunt. Uh, but that was really, that was just like one of the fun aspects, I think, that's kind of very entertaining for the audience to be like, well, how do they do this? And then we see one of the sisters really start to want to delineate herself and find her own identity and realize, you know, this is, you know, despite all of its well intentions, this is, you know, it's fraught with deception and, and lies and, um, and how, how long can one continue to live like that? Yeah, you know, the other the other thing is obviously the detail where they're kind of keeping very meticulous notes for one another Diary. to pass along that information when yes. they switch for the year. And so how how in depth did you want to get in terms of, you know, when we first see Gina coming and taking on, on Lenny at the beginning, okay, what are the things that she knows really intricately from the information that she's been given, but also what are those moments that could potentially trick her up a little bit or someone that she might run into and, and not quite be sure who they are yet because she hasn't met them yet? Yeah, I think that's why the first episode is quite is quite fun, like those first few episodes, because once you learn the twist at uh, at the end of one, which is is a, a huge twist, uh, you're immediately then thrown into the world of like. What who are she's realizing that she's not been told all of the secrets uh, that they share and she doesn't have all the information from the diary that they're supposed to write in every single night. So I have all the information that I need to know. And in fact, you know, the, the, the missing sister Lenny is now, you know, there's surrounded by a lot of suspicious activity and now she's got to somehow, um, investigate it and figure it out, um, is, was kind of the tricky part for her, I guess. Yeah. And how did you work to kind of figure out where are the moments where this can be allowed to come to the surface? Because obviously, you know, can't be shown on her face most of the time, but there are these little inflections where the camera sees her, but the rest of the characters don't, where you kind of see that, that kind of like stepping back and trying to process and trying to figure out, okay, what's my next move going to be? Because I've always got to be three steps ahead of everyone else in the room. Yes. And she always is Lenny. And I think it's, I think it's a lot like, real life right and i think specifically with you know lenny she's presenting her her best self forward um when her world is truly shattering you know in inside i mean she's she, the, the thought of of gina leaving her is like the worst kind of um event that could ever take place i mean their twinship 
as I like to call it, which is like a word I learned, that relationship in Lenny's eyes takes precedence over everything and everyone, her family included. And so, you know, it was really important for me to kind of convey the quality of like that Southern, like everything's okay, you know, like here, you know, this is it. And then, but finding those, of course, those quieter, those um, more revealing moments when she's on her own and she's really um, realizing like what, what's happening before is, you know, that, that, that Gina has, is, is betraying her. Yeah. And because Gina is the one to ultimately reveal that they've been doing this switch and, and she knows the ramifications of people finding out, you know, even just on both of their marriages, um, what that's going to do, as well as everyone in the town. How did you want to kind of carve out a lot of elements of, of introspection and that internal arc that she's going on as a character? for her to reach that point where we're like, okay, she's been doing this her whole life, but we completely understand the reason why she's revealing this now. Yeah. I think that was really, really important. That's a very good question. I thank you for asking it because, you know, any actor will tell you it's just so important to constantly humanize, humanize, humanize. And even as the conceit of this story is quite big and, and grand and you really, you know, you have to, um, you know, uh, what is it when they say, uh, uh, I can't, I've lost my train of thought, but, but I, you know, it was those moments that was, I was just referring to where y- you understand her trauma. You understand that she's kind of suffering for, from a dissociative disorder, almost in a, in a, in a way she, she's had trauma that she has not dealt with. And so you see a real vulnerability in her, and so even as the series kind of progresses into territory where you're like, oh, like that really thrilling kind of riveting thing where you kind of like suspend belief and you're just like along for the ride. Um, I didn't think that would work unless I, I made a real effort to humanize Lenny specifically. Gina was easier because she was in pursuit of, of finding her own identity, but Lenny was like really trying to hold on to something at like what cost. And so, um, I wanted to preserve, um, Lenny and Gina, of course, for as long as possible so that people would be invested, you know, in both of their journeys equally, and then just see two women at the end that were just both so traumatized and kind of tortured by their own devices. I mean, they essentially self-sabotage themselves and some, you know, um, but that you understand why, because of this foundational trauma, or hopefully that you know that that's what's informed them. Um, did that make sense? I don't even know. <laughs> it, it does make sense. You know, I mean, in, in the scope of making this show overall as well, I love the fact that it's such a unique challenge and approach in the way that you would have studied every single scene in playing both sides of it. And especially because there are so many two-hander scenes with just the two of them. And obviously whenever you play a scene against another character, you're always looking at the other character's side, their wants and needs, but never to this level of introspection and research and backstory. Um, And so what what were the aspects that you kind of found were very new learning curves or challenges that came out of that side of, of the way that you were scene studying? Just nailed it. (laughs) You know, that was the, that was the next challenge for me after I developed the characters, you know, then you go, okay, I know who this person is. Now I can just like roll with it and have fun and be inspired by my fellow 
uh, actors that I'm going to work opposite of. And, you know, everybody throws like curveballs and you're like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, how am I going to throw a curveball at myself? You know, I thrive in that uh, situation and I, I welcome it. And fortunately, you know, I, I really needed a great stand-in. I really needed a great double, not just a stand-in or a double, but somebody who was a really fine actress. And I got to work with this amazing gal. She's now my friend, of course, after all of this. Um, her name is Adrienne Epley. And she was so, so dedicated, far, far more than she even had to be. But it it really, really um, impacted my performance in such a great way because I was able to work diligently with her. Um, she knew all of the lines from both characters. She would play the other characters. So she knew as, she was as researched and prepared as I was. And I would ask of her, um, you know, there's a choice that I want to make on Lenny's side, um, but we're shooting Gina's side first. So if you can throw something at me that will elicit this sort of response from me, then I know what I can do on the other side to match that. And, and then I want to do a take like this. And it was very kind of rudimentary like that, but it was the only way that I could ensure that I was essentially kind of protecting both performances by having varying levels of um, editorial choices. Um, but also, you know, uh, having a great actress work opposite me that was giving me really great material to play with. And so that was another level. That was another challenge. Um, and then sometimes she couldn't be there and we had to work off of a tennis ball, you know, sometimes there's a lot of timing with cameras and these special motion control, like all of that shit. I had no, I didn't even anticipate that. I was like, Lord, just give me the creative bandwidth to make two characters, to create two characters. And then I was like, oh God, now what I have to, what stand here and then count five back four, three, two, one, what, wait, I just, <laughs> just trying to like, you know, remember all these lines. Uh, it was really, it was, it was incredibly challenging. And I will say that a lot of the, the days I was saying like, listen, I, I can take it this far. I'm really leaning and hoping that special effects meets me there at that finish line, you know, in post-production and they did, boy, did they ever, I mean, I think when I never watched playback or anything on the day. And when I got the pit, the, the streamers, you know, to watch. And when I saw the characters together, you know, I, I will say like, it really blew my mind. I was like, it was the first time that I really believed that I had created two different characters. Cause I would say to my fellow lady directors, I'm like, but are you sure you're seeing the different qualities? Like it came through, like, are you sure? They're like, yes. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm trusting you, you know? And then I saw it and I said, okay, that, that feels really good. And, um, and it was just a really like it was, I will say like doing the stunts and having to learn the choreography on both sides. That was really hard. Um, just, it was a very, uh, it was a very ambitious project for sure. And it exhausted me in all the ways I was so laser focused and it took me a lot of time to come down after the project truly. Cause I was, uh, it was a very intense one. I mean, I'm so glad that you're bringing up, up the stunt work there as well, because there is, there is a moment kind of like towards the end of the series where there's a physical altercation between the two of them. And, and I, you know, 
it seems like you're someone that always really thrives on and like leans in towards (laughs) the opportunity to do stunt work and and to do a lot of that yourself. And so what was the difference in the way that you had to work just from a logistical element in terms of, like you said, kind of choreographing and making sure that you're servicing both of that. And at the same time, still servicing both performances and both characters and what it means emotionally for the two of them to be going at each other like that. That's exactly right. It was, you know, with each, with each, each, like there were like different like sections and things like we were like the waterfall section, the fight section, the the gun, you know, you know, there are all these sections that I kind of had to compartmentalize and, and because I didn't have the bandwidth to hold everything. I mean, I, I did ultimately, but we would just have to, I would break everything down into like, okay, now I'm just devoting today to like learning Lenny's stunt stunt. And I have a a stunt woman opposite me. She would play Gina. And once I felt like I had all that choreography, then I would turn around and let go of Lenny and then do and learn Gina's um, side. And, you know, it was really, you know, it was a very emotional playing both yeah it was just emotionally draining (laughs) just playing the physical and the emote because the fight scenes are happen in a very like emotional state as well so it was uh it was hard but it was one of those things where you just you know when you are doing a project such as this as opposed to even maybe a supporting role you really are living eating it and breathing it and and I was and so in, in that regard, there's almost some peace that you can take with it because you are just already, you're in character. It's exhausting, but you're just kind of in character the whole time at that, at this kind of level. And my adrenaline was just going the whole shoot. So, um, you know, as opposed to kind of just dropping in for a day and then coming out and dropping in, sometimes that's way more challenging. Um, so working at this kind of high level and it was, incredibly demanding but I think that you you, it the payoff is that you do see it on the screen and was there was there an added element with the show as well in terms of the fact that you almost don't want to tip your hand too early or give the audience too much information yeah was that something that you in you know particularly because Kat Candler was doing the first couple of episodes like you were saying that the two of you would kind of figure out and did it help that there were so many internalized and introspective aspects in terms of the arcs each character was going on. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, again, in an effort to kind of preserve the storyline, the plot, um, and even the perspective shift that happens in five, which I love that the actual show does a switch. I was like, wow, now it's like totally meta. You're really blowing my mind. Uh, give this gal a break. You know, <laughs> um, you know, there was definitely those, those moments that we had to be really thoughtful about, um, you know, as Lenny started to, um, devolve, um, emotionally and started, we, she also became more and more vulnerable. And I think that helped, um, a lot. Uh, it was, it was very, very important to me, obviously, you know, when you work with multiple directors, you know, this was a female led story, you know, it's a love story, I think, you know, even in a healthy way. Um, but it's a love story between two sisters, you know, and a woman named Vanessa G- uh, Gazy wrote and created the show. And we had four incredible lady directors. Um, Kat Candler directed the first two, uh, Lee Lu, uh, the second two. 
um, uh, Anna Mastro, uh, the next two, and then Valerie Weiss um, directed the last one. And I worked on the weekends with each lady, um, each director, as one was kind of incoming and outgoing. And really, they were so invested in preserving and really, really wanting to honor both of these women. And that was for me. I never wanted it to be like a caricature of and I didn't want it to be like like evil so and so or evil this or these evil twins I really worked super hard and diligently about you know preserving the humanity of these women and just seeing that they're you know fundamentally kind of traumatized at a young age and never really had kind of arrested development in a, a lower emotional IQ maybe one of them did um, but they both struggled as a result of that so they helped. I was really able to lean into those directors and they really helped me um, and honored the story that I was trying to tell. Yeah, I really, really love that collaboration. And I'm so impressed by the scope of, of what you've accomplished in terms of, like we said, you know, not, not even just playing two roles, but two roles that also become each other's roles. So <laughs> congratulations on everything thank in the you. series. And thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. I love your show.